Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world. Here, you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God has created us to be. We're glad you've joined us today. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves to gird up and join us on this road towards Christian manhood. May God bless your time with us. Here we go. All right, gentlemen, happy Saturday. Uh, this is the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak, and I am the host and counter of this podcast. The podcast is intended for young men who are growing um, in lives of Christian service, young men who want to be the men that God has created us to be, young men who want to join on that journey toward Christian manhood. So a few years ago, we started this project. Uh, we decided we were going to start cataloging our own journeys through Christian manhood um, and speak to men who, who are... Strong Christian men who have good things to share and we can be models for us on the way towards Christian manhood and share the things that we're learning as we continue to study Christian manhood as well. We hope that it's a blessing to you. Today we are going to talk about symbolic experiences. Now a symbolic experience um, is an experience or an encounter or interaction or event um, that builds up a belief or sorry that builds a belief or assumption um, based on our own personal experience. So um, for example, if I'm particularly good at something, usually people don't need to tell me. Um, I have first and second graders in class. When we go to recess, there's a couple of kids who know that they're pretty good at basketball because when the basketballs come out, they can dribble better than most of their classmates. They can get to the hoop whenever they want. They make more of their baskets. They have these symbolic experiences that tell them they must be better at basketball than everybody else. Nobody has to tell them, hey, dude, you're pretty good at basketball. They realize it on their own. Um, I had a kid a couple of years ago who could not catch a football for his life. And no one had to tell him, hey, bud, you're not very good at catching things. He experienced it over and over and over again. He had symbolic experiences that told him he was not good at catching a football. It didn't have to happen very many times before he said, I'm bad at catching a football. And then it was a joy to work. So like what I'm trying to say, it, like not, I'm not talking about hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, I'm talking about three or four times the ball is flying towards him. It hits both of his hands, his chest, and his knee on the way to the ground, and he didn't catch it. It only needs to happen two or three times before he says to himself, I'm not good at catching things. And that might be true. It might not be true. Um, 
like sometimes you'll uh, we'll have similar instances with like, interactions with people. So um, I might meet someone for the first time and he treats me with disdain, just treats me with utter disdain. He refuses to shake my hand. He uses foul language with me. He's incredibly rude. Um, he cuts our conversation short and chooses to walk away even though the conversation isn't over. Um, I'm going to think a certain way about this person because I have a symbolic experience with him. Right? My experience with him has told me he's a terrible human being. Um, and now I, that might prove later on not to be true. Maybe it was just a bad day. Maybe he thought I was someone other than I was. Um, maybe he has a change of heart and, and, and changes, uh, legitimately changes personality and behavior. Um, but what for until I have another experience that proves it wrong, my belief about him is that he's not a very good guy. He, he definitely doesn't like me. Um, and he was not a pleasant person to be around. Those are symbolic experiences. Um, and, and where I want to go with this today is, <laughs> is taking that and applying it to our spiritual lives and also to our behavior as men. Um, and, and so I want to tell you a little story to start. Last weekend, I was up at Camp Phillip. Um, thank you to Matthew. He's been on the podcast, Matthew Bound. Uh, he invited me up there. I was part of their teen retreat last weekend. Or I guess it wasn't really a part of it, but I, I was able to be there while they were doing their teen retreat. Um, and up at Camp Phillip, one of their favorite things, one of their favorite events to do is they have low ropes courses and they have like hatchets that you can throw in an archery range and all that. But the big deal, the big deal on campus up at Camp Phillip is the high ropes course. Everybody's excited about it. Um, it, and it, is, it is pretty cool. Um, it's a pretty legit. It's, it's a legitimate setup. It's a pretty complex course, um, and uh, it does take some nerves of steel to get up there on some of those different objects and and move around and do different things. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun sometimes to watch some of the smaller kids are just fearless, and some of the other kids who would be fearless on the ground are pretty pretty terrified by the time they get up there. Um, and, and I've done all that kind of stuff. I didn't do any of that on Saturday. Uh, or this is last Saturday. Um but I have experience doing those kinds of things. Um, but I got to do something I've never done before, which is zip line. And I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> that my I didn't represent myself very well, I don't think, during my first zip lining experience. And I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I've never zip lined before, but I have climbed rocks um, both in uh, – both uh, in rock climbing gyms and like actual rocks on the side of a cliff. I've done that before. Um, I've been belayed and, and I've worn climbing harnesses before, um, both, again, climbing in gyms and outside, but then also climbing trees, like I've worn a tree harness before. Um, I've climbed poles before, both with and without harnesses. I've been higher off the ground on a pole than I was um, when we were zip lining. Um, I've like been at greater heights. I've been on more like rooftops and ledges and platforms than I can count. Um, I've been on beams. Um, I've ridden a hundred, probably, probably a hundred roller coasters, uh, somewhere around that number. Uh, I've, I've jumped off of high dives. I've jumped off of like piers and cliffs into water. Um, and I've like, <laughs> there, I've had all these different experiences that, that should tell me I'd be fine. But I've never ziplined before, and people kept talking about how exciting it was and how scared they were and blah, 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 and all that got in my head. And I didn't have a symbolic experience yet. I didn't have anything to, to, to build my opinion on, to build my expectations on besides hearsay. And I'm ashamed to admit that even though I have all those other experiences and I'm not 
really even the least bit fearful of any of those. I got up to the, uh, I got, I, I was on the ground. It makes like, I reasonably, I, I was confident. I had, I didn't have the least bit of stress or, or, um, like, man, I, I had no anxiety or fear. I had complete trust in the in the competence and skill of the guys that were strapping me in. Um, I didn't doubt the structure at all. But for some reason, when I got up there on that platform, I turned into a big baby. I was, I don't know if I was shaking or not, but I wasn't moving very quick. <laughs> I wasn't trusting my movements very well. Um, uh, I, I just, like. I even had to sit on a ledge and like count myself off. I had to go like, "Woo, yeah, this is scary." Oh, okay, three, two, one, and like, there wasn't anything particularly masculine about this scene, and, and I'm just not—I'm not proud of it. I'm just not proud of it at all. I had so much confidence going in, and I acted like a big baby when I got up on the platform. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like I, <laughs> I just turned into a big baby at the top. And my only explanation is that it's something I'd never done before. That's the only explanation I can come up with. I would have been more comfortable climbing trees or standing on a rooftop, putting myself in at more. Like there was at no point was I really at any risk of physical harm. And I still acted like a big baby. And I would have been far more comfortable, like actually putting myself in situations that could have been potentially harmful to me than I was being completely safe. It's just bizarre. It's just crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, it builds the important, it builds on, touches on the importance of um, symbolic experiences and, and the idea that um, when I have an expectation of something, it's hard for me to turn away from that expectation, right? Um, people had convinced me that this was going to be a terrifying thing. And when I actually jumped off, I was actually disappointed because the, the buildup had been so big. I was expecting this big, awesome experience. And instead of just enjoying the zip line for what it was, I was expecting this like moment of terror and a reckoning and being proud of myself. None of that happened because I got myself so worked up ahead of time. Um, but the reality is next time I go up on that platform, and, and this is a promise to anybody at Camp Phillip that, that thinks I'm a baby, the next time I get up there, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to stand up there. I'm not even going to sit down. I'm just going to jump off, and we're going to roll with it. And it's not even going to be an issue because I've now practiced it. I have a symbolic experience that tells me I can do it, and I'm going to be fine, and we can move on with life. Um, and so first thing I want to talk about today is building confidence and consistency by practice, right? Um, so whether it's in my relationship with God or in the world, courage and confidence comes with practice. So in a secular world, I don't really like that because there is really and truly no secular world, even in my relationships, but whatever. Um, in, in, in the world, um, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's something as simple as I have a hard time talking to cute girls. Like if I'm attracted to her, I have a hard time talking to her. I get filled with anxiety. I can't talk to her. If that's the case, you got to start talking to girls. Talk to girls that you don't find as attractive and slowly build your way up. Or uh, maybe somebody that's very attractive um, that you're already comfortable talking to. A lot of times, you know, there's somebody who's, whether it's even just like a cousin or a friend that you've known for forever and ever, and, and you're never, like you're not really considering a relationship with this person, like a romantic relationship. Um, but you like, they are attractive and you press practice talking to them and you get used to that. You start talking to their friends and, and instead of cold calling, um, on, on, on young ladies that you find attractive, you're, you're building confidence. Um, you're building confidence in your own ability to 
converse with with a cute girl by practicing it over and over and over again, right? Um, maybe it's just more general social anxiety. I don't like being in crowds of people. I have a hard time um, making friends. I have a hard time uh, having conversations with people I don't know. There's no way to get better at it if you don't practice it. And you can research and watch YouTube videos and, and learn all kinds of tricks, but at some point you're going to have to go out there and just practice it. And it's not going to get better until you practice it over and over and over and over again. And you change because at some, it's likely at some point you had a symbolic experience that's telling you that you can't do it. It's telling you that people don't believe in you. It's telling you that people don't want to interact with you. There's some, there's some experience in your past, whether you can specifically name it or not, that's saying that you can't handle this situation. So you need to prove to yourself, essentially, that you can handle it, that you can do it. Um, you got to get out there. You got to get back on the horse, essentially. Uh, maybe it's competition. Maybe you just are fearful of competition. You hate competition um, and, and you don't want to be a part of it. Well, you got to go start playing board games, man. Get yourself into a pickup basketball game. Um, go volunteer on recess duty and play, play, play basketball with a bunch of middle schoolers or something like that. Um, get yourself into a bar league volleyball team that doesn't even keep score or something like that you know like you have to you have to learn how to compete you have to practice competing and and you have to replace these negative instances in your mind these these negative thoughts in your mind these fears in your mind you need to replace them with confidence the only way you can do that is consistency over time Uh, maybe it's maybe it's uh, confrontation maybe you hate confrontation well start biting off little confrontations and slowly make those confrontations bigger and bigger maybe it's just simply like no, this is my spot in line. I need you to go behind me, right? Um, no, I would like to take a shower first today because I need to leave before you. Um, maybe you just start there and you build up to bigger ones. Um, maybe you're on the opposite side of the spectrum. Maybe you're all for confrontation. Um, you're, you're tough. Um, you're willing to have those tough conversations, but you have a hard time being vulnerable. Um, for men, that's a big thing. Are you able to be vulnerable? Are you able to be tender? Um, the only way to get better at that is to be brave and practice it over time. If you practice being tender, if you practice being um, considerate and vulnerable over and over and over again, and you eventually are going to become willing to be vulnerable. You're going to be comfortable being vulnerable, and your whole reality is going to change. Right? you got to practice courage. The same thing goes with, the, with your spiritual life. Uh, if you can't let go of the things of this world, you got to let go and let God. Uh, you got to give more money this month than you can afford. Right? Um, if I usually write a $150 check to, to church and I'm have a hard time trusting God, well, this month I'm going to write a $200 check. I don't know where the extra 50 bucks is going to come from, but I bet the Lord will show me a way. Right? Um, and it's just you learning to trust God. Don't stress about it. Just give it to the Lord. Pray about it. Say, Lord, this is what I know we need to do. Um, just start with little things and build them up. Um, maybe you, maybe like it's stuff. You just keep acquiring stuff. Well, start going through your closet. Pick out all the things that you haven't worn in the last calendar year. Put them in a bag. Take them to Goodwill. Start donating. Like start letting go of the things that you're attached to things that start with things that you, that you're really not even attached to that you just don't want to get rid of. Right. And then you start moving towards those things that you have an attachment to, but you don't need start letting those things go. And all of a sudden you find yourself building up more treasures in heaven than you are on earth. If you've got too many things on this earth, you probably don't have too many treasures in heaven. And it's just the reality. Uh, Jesus said it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, courage takes practice. Maybe you can't get into your Bible study. Maybe you maybe you have a hard time meditating or getting into into real personal prayer with God. Well, 
lock myself in my office or I'm going to lock myself in my garage or I'm going to go lock myself in my hunting cabin and I'm going to not going to take my phone with me, no TV, no computer, no work. Uh, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to crank out three hours. Me and God, I'm not leaving this room um, for three hours and we're going to dig through the book of Ezekiel. Um, I spent a weekend this summer. I, th- I, there wasn't anything to do this summer. Um, and I had a, like 10 days where I didn't have any responsibilities that had to be taken care of in that time. So I spent a full three days. I read the entire book of Ezekiel. I read the entire book of Job. No, I'm sorry. I read the entire book of Isaiah, and then I read the entire book of Job. And those two books back-to-back, man, that's a lot of tough digging through Scripture. Um, And you just, like, as you're reading, you study, you look things up, you start um, kind of, you take notes, you start asking questions and and looking up other passages of Scripture that that are in a reference Bible, and you start praying over things that are convicting to you. Um, You start seeing yourself in some of the sins that the people in Scripture are committing. You pray over them, and you give them to God, and you let them go. You start hearing messages of grace, and you pray that the Lord leads you to to, to, to lean on those, to really truly understand them and to believe them, to build that faith in your heart. And when you start practicing that, it becomes easier. That, that connection between you and God grows stronger. That relationship grows stronger. And it becomes easier to do those things that it was terrifying to do just a few days, just a few months, maybe even just a few hours before. Um, courage takes practice and you got to practice over time. You need to, we all have experiences, those symbolic experiences that tell us, you know, these things are good. These things are bad. I'm good at this. I'm bad at that. Um, I can handle this. I can't handle that. Vulnerability, courage, all of that takes practice over time. Second thing you got to do is you got to trust. You have to force yourself to have confidence in the truth. Um, we know what the truth is. Um, we study the truth. We need to trust the truth. Uh, we got to force ourselves to have confidence in the truth. Um, in, in a literal sense, um, you could argue that that I lost confidence in when, when I went zip lining. Right, I, I lost confidence in the facts. Right, um, those cables and harnesses and ladders and poles were more than capable of holding my weight. Right, they're graded for like three hundred fifteen pounds or something like that. There's like eighty five pounds of of wiggle room in there. Um, there's all they, 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 they were going to hold me whether I wanted them to or not. Right. Um, it, they're actually kind of overkill. Like that cable can hold significantly more than my body weight. Um, I guarantee that harness can hold significantly more than my body weight based on how far that thing expands. They can hold somebody quite a bit larger than me. Um, but I just lost confidence in it. Right. I also trust the dudes who were strapping me in and, and hooking me up. I trust them to the moon and back, man. Like I, I might not know them very well personally, but I know that they have a, a, a history of doing this. I know that they've done it hundreds, maybe even thousands of times, and they've never had an accident. Like the facts tell me I'm going to be safe, but Sometimes fear gets in the way and I lose trust in the facts, right? I lose sight of the facts. Um, I don't trust the truth. You got to trust the truth. Um, and the truth is that the Lord promises to provide for every, every physical, spiritual, and emotional need I have. He's going to provide for every need, every single one of my needs, physical, emotional, spiritual, all the time, every time he's going to give me what I need. The Lord promises that. Um, he promises that he's going to protect me and give me a future. And he tells me to rejoice in death even. Like, worst day ever I die, right? Worst day ever my life is taken away from me? No, man. 
Oh, that's the best day ever. Because Jesus says, rejoice in death, that's sweet release into your heaven into my heavenly kingdom. Sweet release into the joy and eternal light and eternal happiness that is that is going to be heaven. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Like what could there possibly be to fear? And I can tell you those facts. The question is, do I truly believe them? It takes practicing risk over time. Risk is not comfortable. Risk is a challenge. It's something that incites fear in us. It's something that causes us to lose trust in our Heavenly Father, to lose trust um, in, in, in our own skills and abilities and wisdom provided by the Heavenly Father. It causes us to lose connection with God, right? So we have to practice taking risks. We got to practice taking risks over time. If you have a terrible fear of giving, uh, of speaking in public, it's time to start giving a presentation, right? If I have an awful fear that my kids are going to reject me, well, time to start working on on having those personal relationships with my kids, right? It's time to step into our roles as men. It's time to start taking risks. Maybe I will offend somebody, but I'm going to speak the truth. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches this month, um, but this is a ministry I want to support. Um, maybe, maybe we're going to have to move into a smaller house, but this, this is how I want to serve in the kingdom. Start taking risks. One little step at a time. Um, the Lord promises he'll give you not just what you need. He's, he promises your cup is going to overflow. He promises you're going to have more than enough, more than you could ever need. Walk in confidence, gentlemen. Know that the Lord loves you. He's forgiven you. He's washed you clean in his blood. He sees you redeemed. He already rejoices with you in heaven, and he can't wait. He can't wait to call you home, to wrap you in his arms of love, and spend eternity with you rejoicing. Be fearless, gentlemen, and be mad. Here we go. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.